We make it our business to try to make the other person happy. I want him to be happy. He wants me to be happy. So we're kind of almost looking out like, is he okay? Is she okay? You know. So we look out and for each so other. And so we look out for each other. So That helps. That helps a lot. You know, instead of not, fighting yeah, and being against selfish. each other, we're trying to help each other. Mm-hmm. Instead of selfish, we're selfless. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. This week's guests discuss all the qualities that embody love, from patience to sacrifice to acceptance, and how we can love others because God first loved us. Entertainers and authors Rev Run and Justine Simmons, and evangelist Matt Brown. When he founded the rap group Run DMC, Joey Simmons, as he was known then, had no idea the group would become so successful, topping charts and eventually landing the group into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But more than any of the success he had in his music career, the minister who now calls himself Rev Ron values his relationship with God, his wife of 25 years, Justine, and his family more than anything else. Rev Ron and Justine talk about how Rev Ron found God at the height of his rap career, the power of setting intentions, and why old school love works so well. My name is Joseph Rev Run Simmons. I'm um, from the rap group Run DMC. I've also done many reality shows with my family. And um, I'm here with my wife, Justine. Hi, my name is Justine Simmons. And I'm a mom, a wife, and my husband and I also put out a book, Old School Love and Why It Works. And I also have a children's book called God Can You Hear Me? Well, for me, growing up, I I really sang a lot. So I think I thought I was going to be like this big singer. Hmm. That's, what, <laughs> that's what I thought. Because me and my friends, we sang a lot. And for me, I was into rap music and DJing and stuff. So with that going on, I got lucky enough to be involved with a gentleman named Curtis Blow. And I was known as the son of Curtis Blow. And then as that moved on, I was able to form my own group called Run DMC. And with God's graces, we exploded onto the scene. Years ago, there was this house, and it's still there now, in Queens that sat on a, um, a big hill. And it was right off the highway, and it was a little bit from Hollis, Queens, where I was from. It was a very, a little bit more affluent neighborhood. And I remember writing it down. The Bible says, you know, write the vision and make it plain. So I wrote down, Dear Sir, one day I will buy your home. And then years later, um, when the gentleman passed, his family came to me with that same letter and said, my dad remembered, because he had passed and said, hey, do you want to buy the house? And at that time I had enough money and I brought the house. So it's just funny how you can visualize and set your intentions and things just come to pass. I was very excited being Run DMC, and it was a big thing, and it was all over the televisions and all over the charts, and it was a big thing. But, you know, there's this void that success and money can't fill. So, yeah, I was in a hotel room um, just waiting for all these different luxuries. I had a car coming, Rolling Stone magazine was coming, and I was ordering French toast, and I had my favorite drugs of choice, marijuana, weed, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it just crashed on me that none of these things were going to make me happy. So that top, where someone would say top, became my bottom. And that's when I started seeking out to find what was missing in my life. And that was Jesus Christ. My top 
My very top became my bottom because you keep looking for something to fill this. I want to be happy. I want to be happier. I want to be happiest. And you think that that um, making hit records or money or, or cars or fame or people saying, oh, you're the greatest. People praising you for you making your music would do it. But actually, when you start praising God, that's when you get happy. So that's what happened for me. Rev Ron and Justine first met at a show that a 15-year-old Rev Ron, known then as Joey, was DJing at a roller rink. The two fell fast for each other, but Justine didn't live in the neighborhood. As they got older, they lost touch, until years later, after Joey had hit it big with Ron DMC, and two family members reconnected them. My cousin was at a school in Long Island, and he was the security guard, and he was bragging that his cousin, which was me, is Run DMC, and her sister was going to the school. She little sister. Little sister. She was in the school while my cousin was actually a security guard at the school. And she said to him, well, okay, that's good in order that's your cousin, but my sister used to date him when, when they were much younger. And then he brought home the phone number because I said, ask her, her sister Michelle for the phone number. When he called me and I picked up, he said hello. It was still like the shy person that I knew, and I, I melted right away. It was amazing, and I knew right then he's still the same person. And then he brought me into his church, and that's how I started going to church. Uh, we would write letters, and he wrote that we would get, get married, married one day. One day. And then when I got back with her, I had the letter. She had some pictures, had old letter. pictures of us. She had the letter that I wrote to her with the little birds and the hearts. And, you know, these, these words that you write down, setting your intention and, and visualizing, it works. It does. And here we sit with a book out on old school love. We did old school love because we feel like back in the day, a lot of people tried to keep it together more. And they had like old school principles like, you know, go on a date, hold hands and... We're really trying to not break up, whereas today you find little problems people can have and they just split right away instead of really trying to stick it out. And Joey and I, we, we really try to make our marriage work. It's like a, it's, we make it an effort to try to make it work. The power of commitment has kept us together because, you know, if you have two to come together and commit to a common goal, I've read a, a quote that said, love is not so much looking into each other's eyes, but it's looking in the same direction. So I love that quote because you're looking into each other's eyes is beautiful, but do you have this same mindset? Mm-hmm. How can two walk together lest they agree? Because if somebody else is walking this way and you're walking this way, you come further apart. Yeah. But if you're both walking together, according to the Bible, it can work. Yeah, and you know, some people see a lot of red flags before they get married, but they go let them it. go and say maybe they'll change once we get it married. Doesn't. It's not true. Like if you hate football and your mate loves football, and don't, you don't want to go to any games, you don't want to host his friends eating popcorn right. in your living room. Why and, would you marry that? That's an argue argument the right there. Yeah. You know, little things like that can be become can become very big yeah. in your marriage. And so that's not the person for you because it doesn't change. It gets worse if you get married. Especially if it really aggravates you what they like. Right, right. But little things like that can become very big once you get married. 
So, but him and I, we really like the same things. Yep. The reason why there's no cheating, there's none of that stuff is because of God. We're, we're fearful of him. We don't want to let him down. And that's our main reason. Yeah, forget the cheating on her. I'm cheating on God if I'm cheating on her. Yeah. And he's actually our foundation of our whole home. Even our kids, they know about God. They, they are in tuned. That's what motivates us to try to make our marriage work every day, every day. And I know a lot of people think it's supposed to be an easy thing. And no, it's not easy. You have to make it work. And our faith is our foundation. And then from there, I love him so much, but I love God more. Amen. Spending and dedicating time with God leads to a better hearing ear. People always want to know, how can I hear God? How do I know how God speaks? How do I know what God wants? When you spend time with Him constantly and consistently, the next thing you know, you're able to know what His will is. Besides for the Word, you know what His will is from the Word, but you can know the little nuances of the day of what God is putting in your heart to make the left, make a right. Don't do this, don't do that. The, the, the special communication. I would have to say ditto to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. True. I have my um, notes here from the book, Jesus Calling. Let me read to you a passage from them, from this wonderful book. I love you regardless of how well you are performing. Sometimes you feel uneasy, wondering if you are doing enough to be worthy of my love. No matter how exemplary your behavior, the answer to that question will always be no. Your performance and my love are totally different issues, which you need to sort out. I love you with an everlasting love that flows out from eternity without limits or conditions. I have clothed you in my robe of righteousness, and this is an eternal transaction. Nothing or no one can reverse it. Therefore, your accomplishment as a Christian has no bearing on my love for you. Even your ability to assess how well you are doing on any given day is flawed. Your limited human perspective and the condition of your body with its mercurial variations distort your evaluations. Bring your performance anxiety to me and receive in its place my unfailing love. Try to stay conscious of my loving presence with you in all that you do, and I will direct your steps. Mm. Well, it lets me know that grace is available and that I don't need to work and work and work in order to please God. It makes me feel like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that as long as I am here on this earth, I'm loved and protected and that I don't have any big thing that I have to prove to God to be accepted. That's good. And for me... It helped me see that when I have anxiety trying to go to sleep and thinking of this and worrying, that he's there and I need to give it to him and he'll take that away. So I would say the number one advice I would give to couples, it's about give and take. That's the only way it would work. It can't be selfishness. It has, you have to both be selfless and it takes two. I would say the number one way to um, 
keep a relationship going is to keep sparks flying, keep little gifts happening, keep little fun times happening, keep the uh, the mystery. She's always waiting to hear me say, guess what just happened? So there's always a little mystery, there's a little excitement, there's a little thing I'm putting together, whether it's we're getting ready to go away to Los Angeles next week, and I'm always trying to make sure that she's excited about what I'm doing in my life. It's not like I'm going to Los Angeles to do this work that's kind of fun, and I'm just going to say, well, you, you are, you'll stay home. I'm going to, it's a business trip. I'm like, no, I, you know it's going to be business and pleasure. I'd like to, to join me on this, this particular job that I'm going to be doing because we'll have some days off and it'll be fun for the whole family. Yeah. We love doing everything the same. We Together. excited today, right after this interview, just to go handle little knickknacks. I gotta go pick up a hat for my show, and she has to go deliver something to our son Diggy, and she has to do some other errands, and then we're gonna run around together and do that. For us, it's as big as going on a vacation all the way to Hawaii, just <laughs> just being together. So we believe that you know, enjoying each other's company is probably a big part of staying together. You can find Rev Ron and Justine's book, Old School Love, at your favorite book retailer today. Stay tuned for Matt Brown's story after a brief message about an adorable new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids that's a perfect gift for girls. Help your kids find peace in Jesus. The Jesus Calling for Kids devotional is adapted from the best-selling Jesus Calling book, beloved by millions around the world. Each day's devotion shares the same theme as the adult version, as well as written out scripture verses, making it easy for parents and kids to share daily devotional time. Plus, this new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids comes with a pale rose pink cover, an interior that girls will love. Learn more about this adorable new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids at jesuscalling.com slash books. Matt Brown is an evangelist and the founder of Think Eternity, a ministry dedicated to amplifying the gospel every day through various forms of modern media. Matt is committed to helping Christians learn how to love unconditionally in the hope that that love will represent Christ to the world, thus causing people to be more open to hearing his message of truth. Matt has written a book on this topic called Truth Plus Love. My name is Matt Brown, Evangelist Matt on social media, and I'm an evangelist, an author. I'm also a husband of 13 years and dad of two with a little baby girl on the way. I'm the author of Truth Plus Love, a book that is about how God calls us to grow in both truth and in love in both areas of our lives. God has a way of making it clear to us where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do, often through his word, but through other things as well. I began to realize, and I think God was showing me, even after growing up in the church, that I kind of maybe had the wrong vision for where God wanted me to grow. And I began to realize Galatians 5, 22 and 23, that it really looks a whole lot more like a whole lot of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and the fruit of the Spirit. And so, um, you know, just that became my framework. And God started to kind of rework what I was seeing was the way I was supposed to grow. Because, you know, if we think we're supposed to grow a certain way, we're going to aim towards that. And and it's so easy to aim towards the wrong things. And so I, I just began to realize it's, you know, part of, part of it too was being hurt uh, at times by leaders that I looked up to, uh, people who had been mentors and disciplers in my life. And then part of it, I definitely know was my own challenges uh, that I probably cast onto others. And so 
it's just been liberating and um, has brought so much joy. And so it's really this idea that to grow in the Lord and to reflect God to the world around us, we need both truth and love. Even though I had grown up in the church world, to really what it means to walk with God and to have a closer relationship with God and have a prayer life. And that was life-changing. I've never been the same since I began to learn what it means to really take time to seek God in prayer in the Bible. And uh, during that time, uh, God began to put messages on my heart, like sermons. And uh, I was thinking about different scriptures. And as that was happening, all of a sudden, uh, people started to ask me out of the blue to come preach. And, And that kind of started a chain of events where about midway through Bible college, I began to travel and preach as consistently as I could and begin this evangelistic ministry I felt called to. And after graduating from Bible college, my wife and I got married and I continued on that path of looking for opportunities and places to share about Christ and to share what God had done in my life and to share biblical messages. And within about a year, I came up with the name for our ministry, which is Think Eternity. You know, we can't get caught up in our Christian lives and just living for what we see in front of us, but to remember our eternity in heaven, to remember that what we do in the here and now affects, you know, the future, and just to remember the values that God holds uh, in our lives, which we can see in his word. And so that was uh, the the kind of thinking there is just, man, let's, let's you know, do this evangelism ministry, but let's live with an eternal perspective and and with an eternal hope and, uh, and joy um, that no matter the circumstances in life we can have because of Jesus. And so, you know, continue to do uh, ministry and, and that has grown into where we are today where we're able to share, you know, through social media with so many people um, every single day and we're holding different events. Uh, and we, but we really do see half of our ministry as as ministering to people online as the opportunity that we have there. And so it's just been a wonderful journey. We have a wonderful team of friends doing ministry together. And so God has just really blessed the work. I'm just so thankful for my wife, Michelle. My wife also felt the call to ministry at an early age. She has this kind of sense of this missions call as well. You know, so we've we've done a lot of ministry together. Um, what that's looked like for us has been to just a lot of times we travel as a family um, in these different conferences and outreaches and gatherings that we've been able to be involved with. We, we really like to do a lot of that together. You know, I really see that my first focus in life, my first calling, and I believe this is true of all of us, is really just to love my family well and to um, spend as much time as I can with them and to just enjoy life with them. My grandmother-in-law, who's been a pastor, uh, spent uh, served as a pastor alongside her husband over the years, and who is one of the most godly women uh, you know, that my wife and I have ever known, like just full of wisdom anytime you talk with her. It spills out. She loves Jesus calling. And so that made me think, I need to get this. I wanna I wanna read this devotional. And so um, so I personally am excited to dive in myself and I'm grateful for the impact and how it's speaking to people right where they are, right what they need for that day. And um, so for today, I wanna read the Jesus Calling a passage from September 15th. Rest in me, my child. This time devoted to me is meant to be peaceful, not stressful. You don't have to perform in order to receive my love. 
I have boundless, unconditional love for you. It grieves me to see my children working for love, trying harder and harder, yet never feeling good enough to be loved. Be careful that your devotion to me does not become another form of works. I want you to come into my presence joyfully and confidently. You have nothing to fear, for you wear my own righteousness. Gaze into my eyes and you will see no condemnation, only love and delight in the one I see. Be blessed as my face shines radiantly upon you, giving you my peace. Something that's really wrecked my heart lately is, how is the world supposed to see the grace of God if the people of God are not gracious? And so that's just what has been so heavy on my heart. And I'm, I, I say this as I want to grow in this in my own life. I believe if we grow in these areas, we'll be you know, more impactful and influential, even in our own homes, with our own families. Like that, you know, if we're living with a lot of love and joy and peace, uh, but also in our workplace, in our community, in our nation. And so I think it's a roadmap for Christians to become more influential for the sake of the gospel with the world around us. I love this excerpt from the book, and I just think it's so wonderful and so important to remember that it's not by our works, it never could be by our works, but it's by His work and what He's done for us and how He's pursued us. And I think of the passage in the story Jesus told about the prodigal son who ran away and took his father's inheritance, and the father was waiting for him to return and ran to him and embraced him When his son didn't feel he was deserving or worthy, he was just thankful he was home. And I'm wondering if there's people listening today who just need to come home. And I know that God loves you so much and this passage is for you. He wants you to just trust in what Jesus has done for you and feel the Father's embrace in your life. You don't have to earn it. You never could deserve it, but He has paid the price and He's pursued you, and you just need to open up your heart now to receive it. You can find Matt's book, Truth Plus Love, wherever books are sold. And you can find other resources through Think Eternity by visiting thinke.org. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with Patty Callahan Henry, the New York Times bestselling author of Becoming Mrs. Lewis the improbable love story of Joy Davidman and C.S. Lewis. As Patty studied Joy Davidman, the brilliant woman who had become the wife of one of the most beloved Christian thinkers of all time, Patty discovered the process Joy had to go through to realize what true love really looked like. Joy was a child prodigy. She was brilliant. She won the Yale Younger Poets Award. She was incredibly well-read. She was a genius. And that armor stood in the way of finding her true self. And once that happened and she was able to love herself, then I believe she was able to love another person in a way that allowed him to love her in return. And I do believe that it was the first time she ever truly loved. And it's because she first found her true self in God. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live.
Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel on IGTV or on JesusCalling.com slash video.